Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Blessed greetings and love, Dr. Dredd. Welcome to Bob Radio. How you doing? You know, I'm still giving thanks in these difficult times. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, Dr. Dredd is a prolific um, record producer. Uh, he headed Ross Records for many, many years and um, been involved in reggae music for... How long have you been involved in reggae music, Dr. Dredd? Well, I first got turned on to reggae in 1973 when I listened to Bob Marley's Catch a Fire and the Harder They Come soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And then I went on the radio in 1980 and took on the name Dr. Dredd, and I started Ross Records in 1983. Awesome, awesome stuff, right. And you guys know the catalog of Ross Records is very extensive, very deep catalog, and uh, you guys can check all that out. But right now, uh, um, Dr. Dredd, you have a brand new project. It just got released. I just got the vinyl of it. Uh, the Whalers featuring Uroy, My Cup Runneth Over. Um, well, like 50 years ago, when the Whalers did some recordings for Lee Scratch Perry, you know, I felt these were some of the best Bob Marley and the Whalers recordings ever made. It was real tough reggae from the ghettos of Kingston, and, you know, we really talked about what was happening in the whole Rue Boy era and everything like that in Jamaica. Right, on, so, right on. Uroy did a version with the Whalers back then of Trenchtown Rock, and the Whalers released that on their label called Tough Gong. Mm -hmm. And uh, at some point in the 1990s, my company, Ross Records, was purchased by Sanctuary Records that had purchased the Trojan record catalog out of England. Okay. So Trojan Records had put out all these Bob Marley and the Whalers records that Lee Scratch Perry produced. So I had the idea of going in and having Uroy toast or rap on all these other songs, you know, that Lee Perry had done with the Whalers and Sanctuary gave me the permission to do this. 
So I went to Jamaica and got Uroy in the studio, and we, like, ripped through, you know, 14 songs in, you know, a few hours. And wow. Uroy was, he was just on fire, man. He was loving it. Oh, yeah? And we had, we had Buddy Whaler in the studio, too, because Bunny and I are super close. We're like brothers, and, you know, he's the only surviving Whaler right now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He loving it and he was like Dr. Dredd oh boy this should have been done 50 years ago man <laughs> so I mean mm -hmm. the vibes were so great and I think Uroy did a great job mm -hmm. and you know I'm very proud of the record you know uh, you know I came up with the title My Cup Runneth Over and I really that's how I'm feeling right now about this record it's it's a it's a super awesome record and you know to be producing Bob Marley 50 years later with you Roy and like going back to that style of from from Soul Rebel is it's really really cool and you got a whole bunch of dub on there too yeah yeah the funny thing is I I like played it for certain people who are you know they've been in the reggae business 50 years and I I made up a story. That this, this was recorded 50 years ago, and these tapes, you know, were like hidden away. Mm -hmm. And I bring them out, and they actually believe me because <laughs> it, it, the style of the music and how we mixed it and blended in Uroy, it does sound like it is from 50 years ago. It doesn't so, sound know, overdubbed. Did, it definitely doesn't sound overdubbed. It sounds like it was yeah. like organic. You know? Yeah. And, and we left a lot of the dub in the songs, and we wanted it to sound like, you know, it would have sounded had it been made 50 years ago. Very awesome, very awesome, very awesome. So you guys can get the vinyl, you also have the digital, digital versions, yeah? Yeah, in fact, there's many more songs digitally mm -hmm. than just the 12 songs that are on the album. Okay, okay, okay. So, you know, so you got to do it sometimes. I got to buy the vinyl and the digital. I do that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, or, or, or you can always stream it, you know? Right, right. You guys can stream that out. Stream that out. Yeah. So, my couple are over, Uroy and the Whalers, original Lee Scratch Perry and Bob Marley tapes, production, the whole thing, redone in a 2020 style. So, definitely check that out, okay, you guys? So, um... Dr. Dredd, if they wanted to find out more about you, where would they find you on social media? So we, we let's get that out there. So we, before we get into the next part of the interview, we have a little time. Uh, what is the social media you're referring to? I've never. <laughs> well, so, to, be, to be honest, Carlos, I, I'm not a real big social media technology person. Okay. I'm getting better. Okay. I do have a Facebook. Okay. Um, you know, but I, I really more just focus, you know, in the physical world. Okay. All right. So where, um, so is this available online? Is there a place where they can go online to get this? Well, I know you can get it from Amazon. Okay. And I know that a lot of independent record stores are handling the vinyl. Okay, good, good, good. And then, you know, places like Apple and Spotify and all those different things you know you can find the music there as well very cool very cool very cool all right so um that's awesome stuff one day you did the whole thing on fire in one take in one day 
That's that's so amazing. So amazing. Yeah. He was there and super cool. He, he told me originally, like, Dr. Dredd, I'm going to need a few days. You know, maybe I can do five songs in a day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, every time he'd finish a song and I would say, here, come and listen to it. You know, come see, hear how it sounds. Mm-hmm. He'd like, no, man, run the next track. <laughs> and he just, man, like I say, just ripped through it, man. Awesome. It was a, great, great vibes. You know, and you right is coming from the original sound system days, you know, and that's and that's and that's why I wanted to talk to you about um, uh, when you were went to Jamaica and when you first went to Jamaica. When did you first go to Jamaica? I first went to Jamaica in 1977. So you had, so you went to Jamaica before you went on the radio. I did. Basically, I got turned on to Jamaica culture. I really connected with what Bob Marley had to say and about the whole Rastafari lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I let my hair dread up. Mm-hmm. And I actually took three months and walked across the island of Jamaica. Oh, wow. How I really got to know Jamaican people and the country and... You know, I, I, I'm, I'm more at home in Jamaica than I am in the United States. Okay. And I was just there recently in January. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I love the people there. I love the vibes. So, you know, I really got exposed to Jamaica in that first three-month trip that I spent there. That is so cool. That is so cool. We're, we're, we're going to get back to that, but I have a similar experience. I went down to Jamaica to find out more about Rastafari and reggae music and I did a bike trip, took my surfboard down there, and, and we did a pilgrimage from, uh, well, truck back and whatever, however we could get. Truck back was the only truck back and bus was the only way we could get the bikes and the surfboards onto the onto uh, to where we were going. We were going from uh, Lucy to um, St. Thomas, to do some surfing out in St. Thomas. Wow. So, oh, I mean, cool. so, I, you know, I, traveling across the country as a sufferer, you know, on, in a truck back and stuff, you really get to know the country traveling yeah. through Jamaica uh, from one end to the other. So that is really cool stuff. I never, I never knew you did that, Carlos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did that. I did that cool, was early That's 90s. Cool. Um, nice. Um, so... You went. You went there in 1977, and did you ever get to meet? Did you meet Bob Marley when you went there, or did was it on a mission, just a vacationing? What was was it business? What was going on? Well, I met him subsequently. I've got a great photograph of Bob and I together that I now have hanging up in my antique store in Calistoga, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I I didn't really. I, it was more of a, a spiritual mission to connect with Rasta and the whole culture and I mean I was really taken with Jamaican music mm-hmm. so I kind of just had my backpack and you know lived here and lived there and stayed in a place in the grill for a month and I settled hey I don't know what hey. happened there Carlos I just, it happened. I just, it ha- yeah so you, you had a backpack you had a backpack you stayed in the grill backpack pack and I stayed in the grill for about a month and then I wanted to go up to the Blue Mountain Peak mm-hmm. and ended up in Little Hope Bay in Port, the Port Antonio, Portland area mm-hmm. I know and it. lived there for a while and uh, you know I just got real comfortable with living in Jamaica and being there so 
kind of dropped everything and just went to Jamaica for three months. Awesome. I love it. That's amazing. So you really, you really do get to know Jamaica. And then, of course, you are into Rastafarian culture and all that stuff. And that's uh, it's a great way to understand. And while I was seven, Carlos started collecting 45 RPM records. Mm-hmm. So I would little towns and they would tell me, oh, so-and-so used to have a record store and he's still got a bunch of records. Ah. I was just buying and collecting these really rare 45s. And mm. when I got back to the States, you know, years later, somebody said, you know, you were very... So I approached a station in Washington, D.C., where I was living, and I had a great collection of music. And the guy, you know, said, sure, you can start Sunday night. So that's when the show Night of the Living Dread was born. And I would reggae for three hours every Sunday night in Washington, D.C., so you were playing the records that you were got on your cross on your cross country hike yeah. on the station. <laughs> How awesome is that? It was cool, man. That is so cool. That is so cool. So did you get exposed to sound system culture? Yeah, you know, early on I would go to see like Ja Love was my favorite. Mm. You know, Brigadier be on that, and it was more of a uh, you know uh, spiritual. 12 tribes of Israel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is, that's, that was one of the top sounds that when I was, when I was, um, went down to Jamaica and in those early days, Jaw Love, everyone yeah, was talking uh, about Jaw Love sound system. And of yeah, course, we have all, really the, all the other vibes. And I love, I love the selection and the music they would play. Mm-hmm. A lot, so, yeah. right? It's breaking up a little bit. Brigadier Jerry's one of my favorite DJs of all time. Yes, yes, so, yes. It was interesting because Briggy would never record any records for anybody. He, and you, so you had to like get cassette tapes mm. of him for live in the, the dance halls. Really? Yeah. And people would collect these Jalove cassettes and, you know... At one point, after I'd started Ross Records, his people came to me and said, we want you to release the first album ever by Brigadier called Jamaica, Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And this was like a huge honor for me to have been selected to put out Brigadier. (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So he was, you know, he was great. He was great at chanting over the mic, you know. So before we get into chanting over the mic and a little deeper, um, I'm doing this uh, series of interviews about dub, and uh, so Dr. Dredd, what does dub mean to you? Well, basically, dub is where in the studio, you know, you've got a mixing board with you know up to twenty-four tracks uh, and vocals, and then you're adding effects to the different tracks, and you know, it's like a whole oral exploratory place where you go to where you know you're changing up the music and dubbing it out and uh you know from king tubby days you know who was one of the early inventors of dub mm-hmm. you know i always really loved the whole dub vibe and 
I got pretty good at doing and dubbing music in the studio myself. Mm-hmm. And Ross Records would always release dub versions of the albums we put out. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And and what's so cool about dub is, you know, the B-side of all the 45s that would come out would be a dub version. Mm-hmm. Dub versions, which were, you know, fundamentally instrumental versions of the song with the little vocal splashed in there mm-hmm. is what they would use in the dance halls to have these DJs rap over, toast over the music. Mm-hmm. It's a fact that this is what was the genesis of what is now known as hip-hop and rap music. Yeah, It all started in Jamaica on dub versions, and King Herc, you know, went to the Bronx from Jamaica, and he started doing it at parties in New York, and then other Americans started doing it, and all of a sudden, you know, rap music was blowing up, but it all came out of Jamaica. I got a, I got an interesting question for you that I was talking to my uh, friend. Now, we understand sound systems to be as a guy with one turntable. Well, now, it's modern, if you don't see a DJ with two turntables or two decks, it looks weird, right? Right. Back right. in the day, back in the day, it was just one turntable, right? Before in many cases. In, yeah. in, in many cases. Now, I was asking my friend Mikey Assassin from Brooklyn. You may know him, Demolition Music, because sounds a big sound system out there. Um, I said, so, Mikey, when did, when did two turntables come about? You know, because these guys were all playing with one turntable. And he's like, well, when Cool Hurt went to the United States, and they wanted to extend the, the break beat, so they would have two turntables to keep to extend the beat. And that's when two turntables came in. And the two turntable fashion of DJing came from the United States back to Jamaica. Do you, what, 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 do you, what do you think about that? Well, I think it sounds true. Yeah. Cause that, yeah. Because that's, I mean, because right now in Europe, these selectors are only using one turntable. A lot of them, when they go to these big, like, dub sessions, like John Tubby's and uh, King Shiloh and, uh, you know, Iration Stepper and Abashanti and Jashaka, they only use one turntable. Yeah. You know, and... and well, again, again, it's all about the music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not about the technology. Right. So, you know, if it's only one turntable, but you got some slamming tunes, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're going to get the crowd all excited. They don't care if there's a a second while you're rapping on the mic and you're flipping a record. You right, know? right, 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 right. No, it's just a different style. It's just a different style. And, and I was just curious because it went from like really like playing and playing the flip side and having the, your DJ and stuff to being like right. to juggling, right. like to juggling rhythms when when – you know, a rhythm collection would come out. It became who could beat beat match the best and and keep the keep that vibe going without interruption or you know a big pull up at the beginning and restart the stuff and and stuff like that. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. That's that's real Jamaican culture. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's amazing. I I, I love hearing that. Did you did you ever meet King Tubby? Yeah, man. I met Tubby. In fact, the first album I ever put out was by Peter Broggs. It was called Rastafari Livet. Awesome record. And I took the cover photograph of Peter Broggs, you know, when I 
started my company, I had no money. I was just scraping it together to make my first album with Peter Braggs. Mm -hmm. And I the cover photograph at Tubby's studio. Oh, man, that is awesome. Rest in peace, Peter Braggs. Really true. cool guy. I, I met him in Montego Bay in the parking lot trying to sell me Rastafari living. <laughs> <laughs> His whole collection of records he was trying to sell. It's a really fun, fun guy. He's super yeah, awesome. And then yeah. you know, and then you 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 worked we worked hand in hand with all the producers because they some of the art production labels wanted to release their music through Ross Records. That's true. So I would produce some things myself, and then I would license things, you know, from basically all the different producers in Jamaica. Awesome, Joe Gibbs, King Jammies, everybody. Yeah, man, everybody, because you know we're all in this together. And Ross Records was serious about promoting reggae, you know, through the whole world. Yeah, no, no, it was it was great because I used to love to leaf through the Ross Records catalogs. I was like, I want that record, and I want that right. record, and I want that record. Well, you know, Ross Ross stands for real, authentic sound. Yeah. So. That was really what I was after, was trying to bring that real authentic sound from Jamaica to the rest of the world. And, and I think um, I think we're going to get back more and more into the real authentic sound of, of uh, reggae music in, in Jamaica. And, um, you know, I think uh, this downtime has let a lot of fluffy stuff kind of like, you know, it's kind of got exposed as being fluffy. And the music that has stayed true in reggae music are some of these very old songs with the true message and that are going to keep on playing forever. Some of the stuff that, you know, was released last year, played last year. And that's all, it's all, it's all that's the only time it's ever going to play. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. <clears throat> so, um, you know, you put a big hand in, uh, spreading roots, reggae music and some of the cultural dance hall stuff. So really awesome stuff. Thanks for taking time to talk to us about your new record, my cup runneth over and your, and your history and reggae music and, that's what's going on. Well, so I also want to thank you for continuing, you know, to keep the cultural and the positive reggae music happening in that San Diego area. And, you know, I, I know you personally, and I know what a good person you are. So, you know, I'm, I'm just give thanks that, you know, what you're doing to keep the music going and everything else you're doing as well. Right on, man. Thank you so much, man. So um, we look forward to more works from you. You got something else up up your sleeve after this? Yeah, I do, but I can't, I'm not going to, you know, let you know about it until I'm ready. All right. But well, yeah. when, when the doctor comes some, out from behind I, the curtain, I've we'll know. I've <laughs> got other things I'm working on. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Dr. Dredd. Enough love, you know? All right, Carlos. Yeah, you take care. And everybody out there, stay blessed, stay positive, and, you know, do your best to love each other and to help each other.